Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. And I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, he's able. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <sighs> I am encouraged this morning. Because I know the Lord's hand is on this, is on my life and is on this ministry. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I have to, I need to make a change from what I've sent you. Media, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you change the title of the message and the scripture, but just, I'm just have to go with what the Lord is putting in my spirit. Amen. And maybe I'll preach this next Sunday. I don't know, but uh, I want to go to the book of Matthew. And I, it ties together. I could preach two messages this morning, but I don't know if y'all want to stay that long. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was sitting this morning waiting on my wife uh, to get dressed before we, we left this morning. And I opened Facebook and Bishop, one of the bishops that I know was having a, li a live broadcast and the guest preacher uh, was talking about fear and how fear grips us and the root of fear and what fear does for us. And then my mind, the Lord led my mind back to a reel that I saw of... Um, um, the pastor from the Bahamas who was killed in the airplane crash, Miles Monroe. The Lord took me back there. And, and in that, that space of about, about five minutes, the Lord spoke to me about something that I believe he wants me to share with you this morning. So this is not fully developed. This is one of those that you might call hot off the press. But what I sense the Lord saying as you hear this message this morning is that in order for us to get to the place of maintaining spiritual intensity, some things have to change in the way we've been programmed in our minds. Even with us coming to worship and we, we know the worship songs and, and, and we sing the songs uh, and we do what we're supposed to do, but a programming has taken place 
Many of us are in the process of being reprogrammed, but we don't understand the power of programming. Uh, and this is where I'm going to start uh, because this is the only scripture, the first scripture the Lord gave me in Matthew uh, chapter 5. Um, and I'm just going to read verse 21. And Jesus says this a couple of times uh, in here. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, I want you to focus on what Jesus said. You have heard, but I say to you, it has been said, but I say to you. And I want to talk about, I, don't, I, could, I didn't even bring my computer to print this off and I can't print it from my phone, so I got to preach from my notes. <laughs> on my phone, so bear with me. Thank God for notes. Amen. For the notes that I have are going to be on my phone. I want to talk about the power of programming. The power of programming. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending this word to us this morning. Lord, you know what you once said. I open and avail myself to you. My mind, my faculties. Speak, Lord. Speak to me so that I can speak to your people. Thank you, Father. Fresh anointing of your spirit now. Granted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bear with me. I got to work through this one. Amen. Amen. All right. Programming. You know what programming is. And anybody that works with... Uh, Computer systems and all like that, you program language in and program, programming just basically sets the pace for things and, and it will stay. Thank God for our banner. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sister Haskins. Amen. Programming. So I'm, 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 I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to you about this this morning and share with you what the Lord gave me. I, I, somebody sent me a text and it changed my screen. <laughs> all right, all right. So, programming for human beings is basically mind control. It's basically mind control. And once your mind has been programmed uh, a certain way, only the power of the Holy Spirit and reprogramming can break it. Once your mind has been programmed... 
The problem we have in the body of Christ is that we have been programmed according to the world standard and we come to Christ with that programmed way of thinking and doing things and unless we sit under rigorous teaching, unless we submit to the Holy Spirit and his control over our lives and his transforming power the way the world has programmed us takes a long time to break. Amen. Now, all right? Now think about yourself. Think about yourself. Now, when you talk about the way the world has programmed us, think about how you were raised. Think about what was spoken into you as children. Think about the mindset of your family. All right? the way your family thought, the way your family acted, the way your family did things, now look at your life. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, and I've said this about myself, I'm, acting, I'm doing the same thing my daddy would have done. Now thank God my daddy was, was saved uh, and he lived before us. I don't remember him. I know that he would drink, and I know he pulled a gun on my mama one time, and my grandmama went down with her pistol, and she told him, you, you, you know, she, he hit mama one time. My grandmama went down with her pistol and told him, no, you put your hand on my daughter one more time. I know that. I heard that. I don't know it happened. I didn't see it. Now, you know, we have a habit of telling stuff we heard, <laughs> you know, but I believe that was the truth. But now, you know, Facebook is full of, that's why you don't get your information from Facebook news or any news and don't verify it. You know, let it, this scripture applies one way, but, I, but we apply it this way. Let every man be a lie and let God be true. Now, people won't believe the Bible, but they will believe Facebook. But it's the way people have been programmed. We believe a lie much, much quicker than we will believe the truth. It's the way we've been programmed. Now, program goes much deeper than us. The clip that I heard Miles Monroe talk about deals with the way the world has been programmed by the Greco-Roman philosophies and religions of the time. Now, when, now, this is why it's been so critical for those of us who've been consistent in this study on urban apologetics, many things have been pointed out to us. Now, I know some of us, we've not had the time, we've not been interested, other things have taken our minds away, and we've not gone through the study like we should. And this is why, this is the reason that, you know, we have, we have different levels of people uh, in Christianity. Thank you. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, because this phone is just not working. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, 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 uh, yeah, because if you're a faithful Muslim, you go to the teaching. You sit under the teaching. You're, you're, you're in the, in the, uh, the mosque. Mosque. You're in the mosque. 
when they call the meetings and you do your studies and you learn. If you're a faithful Jehovah Witness, you go to the temple or whatever they call it and you sit under the teaching and you learn. You become, indoctr- we say indoctrinated, you become programmed. If you're a faithful uh, uh, Mormon, you sit under the teaching, you learn, and they even dress you in white and black, the guys in black pants, white shirt, and little white necktie, and you go out with somebody so that you learn. But in Christianity, we don't do that. And then we're at different levels and we're at different spaces and we don't see and we don't understand because we won't sit under the rigorous constructed teaching. So, so one of the things that we learned in the study, and, 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 I, and I thank the Lord for this particular chapter, but the chapter before in this particular chapter that we're in on Tuesday nights uh, that deals with uh, uh, the women, Sharita uh, Lyons chapter, um, whatever the title of it is, you know it, uh, is... All of this has helped us see how syncretism and how the Roman world, and you see it in the Bible. Once you heard this, now you go back to the Bible and you see this. So when I was getting ready to preach and I was in Revelation and get ready to preach in Revelation and talk about Laodicea, the lukewarm church, and why they were lukewarm, it was because they had the church at Laodicea uh, in particular was in this area where people practice syncretism. All of them did. But when you deal with the lukewarmness of, 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 uh, of the people of Laodicea, it was not, Jesus was not saying, uh, you can be hot for me and you, or either you can be cold against me and I'm all right with that. No, Jesus was saying, okay, in Hierapolis, there are hot springs and they have, those hot springs have medicinal purposes. In Colossus, there are the cold waters that are refreshing and, 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 and good for you and reviving. And you, both of those are positive. You need to be either hot for me or intensely cold for me. You know, I shared to, to share with Trevor, I said, I want you to change our image because when I see what you put out there, it's, 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 I see coldness, but I guess coldness can be intense. We're in intense cold right now for South Carolina. Amen? 15 degrees is cold for us. But, but it's not, God can do things in the cold. So God was not saying that to the church of Laodicea. God is saying, you got to do what I want. You got to give me what I want. You got to be palatable to me. You can't mix in, you can't mix Christianity, you can't mix your faith with your culture and still please me. You can't mix the, the biblical faith with traditional family beliefs. You can't even mix, listen, the people, uh, thank you Jesus, and I'm, I'm going to preach both messages I guess. The people in Laodicea, you know, they, they, they weren't being a witness for Christ like they should be. They were mixing themselves in because Laodicea was one, was on a trading route. And so the people were wealthy. They were doing well. And so they were, the, the, the commentary says, uh, perhaps they were mixing in with the trade guilds. Now, now listen, y'all. Listen. Listen to me closely. And I know people disagree with this, but you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Now, I'll talk about it from being, having been uh, a Mason, uh, a Freemason. I'll talk about it from that point, standpoint. And you can, you, can, you, can, you can connect this with any type of secret society. And people disagree. I got friends, you know, you got, you know, some of you who know one of my real close friends. We disagree on this thing because what people say is we are just being, uh, we're, we're being friendly. We're mixing it. But listen, to join the organization, you got to make a covenant, right? 
When you become a mason, when you join the masonry, before you go to that, when you go through the ritual for that third degree, you make a covenant. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now, when I'm, when I'm in there now on my knees and my, blindfolded and I'm making this covenant, you've heard me say this before, I said to myself, I should only be making this kind of covenant with God. I'm not talking about what somebody told me. I'm talking about where I was. And in my mind, I'm saying I only should be making this kind of covenant with God. Now, I can't tell you all of the things that it says. Now, they, they don't even keep their covenant. Because part of that covenant says that you will not have sexual relations, you not with with your brother's wife, your brother's daughter, and what have you. And a whole lot of them are fornicating in the Oh, do y'all know what fornication is? How many of you know what fornication is? Do you know what fornication is? Fornication is what? Tell me. What? Sex outside of marriage. Does God condone fornication? Does God condone fornication? Does God condone fornication? So why do we? Why does the church condone fornication? You say, we don't condone it. Yes, you do. And you get mad with other people when they don't. And people leave the church when you say things about it. Now, that wasn't in my message today, but, but, but that's in the message. It's a part of the syncretism that has taken place. The people in Laodicea, they were mixing in with the trade guilds and what have you, and they wanted to be acceptable so they be, wouldn't be the witness for Christ that they should have been. They were keeping their mouths closed about Jesus. And Jesus, the faithful and true witness, read verse 14, the faithful and true witness challenges them that if you don't repent, if you don't either become hot or cold, you stop being lukewarm because being lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You'll be outside of me. If you don't repent, then you will face the faithful and true judge. All right? So you see this syncretism. And so in Christianity, the, 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 the message that I was listening to, just heard a little bit uh, that Dr. Miles, I listened to the whole clip. I, I got to find that message. He was talking about how Europeans... And this is part of syncretism now because we studied in the book that whenever cultures mixed, they would accept each other's gods. All right? And so you have a mixture of small Gs, little Gs, and they would accept their gods. But not only do you have a mixture of religion, you have a mixture of philosophy. So you have a mixture for religion and philosophy, syncretism. Well, for Christianity, and the reason that Christians were persecuted was because when they came to Christ, they didn't serve Isis and God. They didn't serve Diana and God. They didn't take the philosophies of the world and mix it with Christian philosophies. They believed that it was Jesus and Jesus only. And his teaching was the right teaching. And because they would not serve the Roman gods, because they would not uh, mix Christian faith with, with, with the religions of Rome, they were persecuted. 
All right? Many of them were killed because they wouldn't mix. They wouldn't practice syncretism. Well, so when this whole concept of Christianity comes and Christianity becomes the, 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 Christ, the, the faith of the empire, all right? Now, for the Romans who saw themselves, and Caesar believed that he was God, so many of them saw themselves as God. So you have all of these European people, European people who believed that they were gods or that the gods favored them, all right? The gods favored them and favored them in such a way that when they went to other parts of the world, they were better than other people. They were to rule and dominate other people. So you got countries like Portugal and Spain and Great Britain and France and, and Italy and Belgium and Germany. All of those European nations and where did they go to colonize? They went to Africa to colonize Africa and put their philosophies, espouse their philosophies in, into the minds of the people. Now, now, I need to study this some more, I understand. But they came with the concept that in their minds, we are gods. We found a people that we can make slaves and we can indoctrinate them. And they had to find some weak-minded Africans to allow them to come in and to use their power and their influence to dominate the people. But not only did they do it there, what did they bring to the United States? Who came here and said that they discovered America? It was the Europeans who came with their form of Christianity. All of this, I had a lot of things going through my mind this morning. So I'm listening to this because one of the things he said was, You are told that you, Massa, this is a comment he used, Massa's guests are in the house and he's entertaining his guests. So you are to be seen and not heard. So you don't talk loud. Now, sometimes we take it too far. Some of us, you know, we think we've been delivered and we're just too loud. There has to be some moderation in there. But, but I'm thinking as I'm hearing this. So I remember a conversation. I know I, know, I know I need some hearing aids, but I still hear pretty good. I'm in Malawi, and Malawi is, is colonized by Great Britain. So I'm, I'm listening to these people talking. I'm saying, I can't hear a word you're saying. Can you speak up? And sometimes I get tired of asking people to speak up, but, but they talk really, really, really soft. And so I asked someone one day, I think a young man I was talking to, uh, I said, why do you all talk so softly? Because they talk really, really soft. I say, is this what you've been taught? He said, yes, we've been taught to speak quietly. Where did it come from? So this programming has taken place, and we're fighting it now in America. We're fighting it in the church. So, this is the image of Christianity today. And this just didn't start today. You're not supposed to be loud in church. You're supposed to come, sit, listen, 
The preacher's not even supposed to yell. The choir ain't supposed to sing like those black people sing to the top of their voices because that is being disrespectful. I tell you, I heard this real. This guy said, this white guy said, he had been raised in the church. And, uh, you know, they sit and listen. They might nod their head, but they don't say, amen. He said, I went to a black church and somebody said, amen. And I looked at them and somebody else did it. And he said, I, was, I want to say to them, hush, you're being disrespectful. You're not supposed to talk like that in church. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did lack of music, movement, lack of praise, where did lack of dancing come from? It didn't come from Africa. So you have a certain group of people who have programmed the rest of the world to their way of thinking and their way of doing, and they will dominate if you allow them. They'll dominate you if you allow them to do it. But so what we're, what we're facing today is, is, is we're facing this, 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 this need to be deprogrammed from that way of thinking, but it goes even deeper than that, saints. Satan has programmed people. And he does it so slyly. I mean, he starts with little children. And we don't realize it. Most of the time, we don't realize the way we've been programmed because we, we don't know to pay attention to it. You know, and he starts with, I mentioned you think about your family and the things that communicated to a child from their parents or their grandparents. People who don't know to pay attention to what Satan is doing. And so he starts programming people to think a certain way, to act a certain way. I was talking with Trevor yesterday, and he was talking about how. <laughs> he said, you know, the problem we're having now that I've seen in the schools, it's not so much with the black young men that are fighting and, and loud and boisterous. It's the young girls. He said they're uncontrollable, and they think they're right. He was telling me about an incident where a young girl just, she walked by a guy and he chuckled because he was watching something on his phone. She thought he was laughing at her and she turns around and slaps him. And he dealt with her right there. <laughs> you know, you got this thing about a man shouldn't hit a woman and no, we should raise our boys not to hit, hit women because we don't want boys growing up beating their wives. But there are certain things you just don't do. And he said, in the meeting with the mother, the mother wasn't willing to deal with what her daughter did. She only dealt with the response of the young man to her daughter. So you can't think, you can't see yourself as being right in your own eyes. But, but you look at what's happening in our culture and we're raising up of people that are responding, that are learning, they're being programmed to respond the wrong way. We're quick to yell police brutality without looking at the behaviors of the people who got brutalized. I was kind of thankful that they showed the rest of that video of that woman that got beat by the police in Charlotte. I'm glad they showed the rest of that video because that woman shouldn't have got up fighting the policeman. 
Now, it didn't start with her as an adult. You watch some of these little kids, these young children in school who will fight with the teacher when the teacher tries to correct them. And it didn't start in the school. It started at home. Amen. It started at home because people have been programmed a certain way by the devil and they don't realize it. Mm. Yeah. In order for us, so programming is powerful. It's powerful. It goes with us all through life, all through life. And so we get to the point now people are saying, well, God created me this way, so that's the way I'm supposed to be. Well, we've already answered that. God created man in his own image and mankind, in his own image and his own likeness. The rest of us are born. So we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but God sent a Savior to redeem us, to reprogram us. We've got to see salvation as more than just being saved. There is a reprogramming that has to take place that God wants, us, wants to take place in us once we come to him, all right? The beatitude speaks to, 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 to these, to, to, to the power of the Holy Ghost, because that's the only way we're going to change. That's the only way that we will change. You do not have the power to change yourself. I don't have the power to change you, I, to change me. The Holy Ghost is the only one who can change us. Every message I hear, it may be true. I may agree with it. I may say yes to it. I may say amen to it. But unless I submit to his power, I will never change. And it's not just changing. It's being reprogrammed. Your mind has to be reprogrammed. The way you think, come on, think about a computer. If it gets a bad virus on it, that virus has to be wiped out. And the whole thing has to be rebooted and reprogrammed. You can't use the old program. So the Beatitudes, in the Beatitudes, Jesus says, it has been said, or you have heard. It's in them, he says. But I tell you, he says it a couple of times. See, what Jesus is saying is now, Okay, so you grew up as Jewish people, but you've heard some things. You've been programmed in a way that's not according to my will and my way. So it's been told to you, but I say this to you. All right? I say this to you. Jesus said, I'm beginning a process of reprogramming you. I'm beginning a process. Now, you might ask, what gives Jesus that right? What gives Jesus the right to reprogram you? Well, what does Jesus say? Who is Jesus? What does Jesus say about himself? I am the way, the truth, right? So if, 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 if what has been said to you is a lie, I come to you as the truth to speak truth to you I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's, get, let's not get right here to no man comes to the Father except because, that's right, you can't come to God except you come through faith in Christ. But coming to Christ means you're coming to the truth. You're coming to the way. You're coming to the life. He says, I am the, I am, I am the, the, uh, 
the life of men. I am. That's what Jesus says. He is the Messiah. He is the one sent by God. People were looking for Messiah to come, but they even have the wrong concept in their minds. So Jesus' whole ministry is about reprogramming the way people think about him, about life, about living, about everything. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, do not be programmed by this world. But be reprogrammed through the what? Renewing of your mind. Your mind has to be renewed. The world tells you this, but I'm telling you this. Now, saints of God, in order for us to receive the reprogramming that the Lord wants to give to us, we got to first of all submit to him. What does Satan work with us to stop us from doing Submitting to Christ. We reject Christ. We say we're rejecting the church, but we reject Christ. You're not going to get the teaching of Christ from the world. So once you reject the church and you give up on the church, then you're giving up on Christ because we're his vehicle in the world to bring people into the kingdom. Where are you going to get truth from? Now you say, well, some preachers don't tell the truth. Well, but you still need to be in the church. Some doctors have cancer, but you still go to them because they got some medicine that can heal you. If you go to a beauty shop and the beautician's hair is not in order that day, do you stop going? You like the beautician, so you go because you know the beautician knows what she's doing or he's doing. The barber, the barber's hair might not be, not be cut the day you go, but he knows how to cut hair. You don't give up on, you give up on everything. We give up on church, but we don't give up on other things. And people are rejecting the church in droves. They say, well, they're hypocrites in the church. That's nothing new. There's nothing new. But at least they're in the church. <laughs> Prayerfully along the way, they'll get saved, you know. There are those lukewarm. There are some of us that are lukewarm. I've been lukewarm myself at times. But I heard the word of the Lord. So what I learned in this reprogramming process is that as I expect people to grace me, I have to grace them. See, sometimes we, get, we think we got reprogrammed, we got it together. Now we're so hard on other people. Some of us are so hard on other people. We don't want to grace people. But the reprogramming teaches us that we are to put up with one another in love. <sighs> mm. so, so in order for me, in order for me to, repro- to be reprogrammed, to receive what Christ came to give, I've got to submit to him. I've got to submit to him. If I'm rejecting him, if I'm kicking and screaming when the Lord is trying to do something in my life, if I'm fighting with God and say, God, you can't be right. That can't be true. God, what did you mean about this? I'm feeling this way. It's not about how you're feeling. It's about what the word of the Lord said. God is trying to do a work in you. Stop rejecting him. You got to submit to him, to him. And the reason you need to be in this word is because so much stuff is being said in the church. 
in the church world that doesn't line up with the Lord. Just because, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like preaching against preachers, and, and I ain't preaching against a preacher, I preach against a philosophy. Just because somebody's popular and they say something doesn't mean it's the truth. It's blasphemous for anybody to say that 85% of Jesus' life, he was out of order. Jesus was never out of order. Never. Never. 85% of his life, he's out of order. Just because somebody is popular doesn't mean they're speaking the truth. So you got to get in the word for yourself. The early church searched the scriptures daily to see if the things that the apostles told them was the truth. Now, as you come to the Lord and you submit to him and you're seeking truth, and you can't get all of these philosophies from the world. TikTok can't be your church. Amen. Even if you find a preacher on, 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 on television or radio that's preaching sound doctrine, you need to be connected to a pastor. You need to be submitted. You need to be in a body because you got to be accountable to somebody. You're not accountable to those people on Facebook. You got to be accountable. But you still have to search the scriptures. Jesus said, it has been said to you, but I say to you. So as I submit to him, then how do I know what he says? I have so many Bibles in my house I can't count. How many of you have a lot of Bibles in your house? How many of you got more than one in your house? How many of you got the Bible app on your phone? Why are y'all not answering me? <laughs> How many of you got the Bible up on your phone? How many versions do you have open? One, two, you got two. You got three. You got one. But see, this side over here said they got four or five Bibles. So if you only got one open on your phone, there's a reason for that. I got at least four open on my phone. That doesn't matter. Why I got four open on my phone? Because when I'm studying, I want to see what different versions are saying. Sometimes I can find it faster by saying, Siri. <laughs> but having the Bible doesn't mean that you're studying it. How do I know what Jesus says? These people are following Christ. They're sitting on his teaching. They're going with them everywhere they go. And Jesus said, it has been said to you, but I say. So I don't want to just hear what the world says. The world is going to tell you anything. Sometimes, you know, you look at some of those foolish reels on television, on, 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 on Facebook, and they're telling you how to make something. And you say, how in the world can that work? I'm not wasting my money on that. So you can't let Facebook and social media and X and and, and all of those other platforms be your gospel. There's only one good news. And that's the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you want to know what Jesus said, you got to come to his word. You got to study his word. It is not enough to sit under the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. You've got to write things down. You've got to go back and you've got to investigate so that what the Lord has said, you find out for yourself and through the working of the Holy Spirit in you, your mind is reprogrammed. Part of the problem with evangelism 
is that we need to be reprogrammed. We can talk about maintaining spiritual intensity, but until people's minds are reprogrammed, only a few people are going to catch it because the rest of the people will sit and listen and go back and do nothing because they've never been reprogrammed. That's for somebody else to do. I don't care what the pastor says. That's not my job. We quickly say, that's not my gift. You don't have to have a gift to tell, except the gift of the Holy Ghost to tell people about Jesus. And it's everybody's responsibility. Paul says, and I say the same thing that Paul said to the church at Rome. He said, I urge you, brethren. I urge you. I plead with you. Don't be conformed to this world. Because confirmation is just, conformation, formation is just programming in you. Don't be programmed by the world. But that's what's happening. It happens on television. It happens in music. It happens on radio. It happens, Sarita Lyons talks about when she went to uh, a black college, uh, HBCU, she went off to college. Let's say it like that. I won't put this all on black colleges because I went to Carolina, uh, University of South Carolina. When I got on campus, I met some of this. It wasn't so, so powerful in 1972, but, but I came out of Blair, South Carolina, and, you know, even though, you know, we had some incidences of racism and, and well, a lot of racism, but resistance. Some of the stuff I met when I got on campus with the, uh, with the Black Student Union frightened me because I'd never heard anything like that before. And they were talking about black power but, but, and, and all of that stuff. But she talked about how being a young black teenager and going on, a, on the college campus and meeting these people in the black conscious movement, people that were versed, people that spoke well, and people that, that, that talked things that she had never heard of before. You know, and all of us, you know, we hear a lot about our cultural identity and our ties to Africa and, 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 and how Christianity has been white-themized and how we've been stolen from our roots, you know, but, but these groups take it a bit far. She talks about how she was no, she was, she was not a match for them. She says she was a biblically illiterate Christian, which many people are biblically illiterate. You don't know your Bible. You can't defend your faith. So you hear this stuff and it sounds good. And she said that, you know, she started participating you know, she, 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 was, she, was, she was at first trying to engage in syncretizing her Christian faith with these practices. Now, now first of all, you got to be sensitive to the fact that some of these practices are wrong. Okay? So if you jump head first into Kwanzaa and you don't know the roots of Kwanzaa, you might be dabbling in something you shouldn't be dabbling in. Oh, I know that's, that's speaking against black culture. Black people ain't going to like it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but you got to know what you're jumping into. It's an, when you study it, it's not Africa. It's not African. It's an Afro-American thing that was developed. It's supposed to teach us about our roots. We need to know about our roots. But she talked about how she engaged in syncretism. She engaged in African dance and, 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 and reading tarot cards and 
and the, the cowrie shells. And she engaged in all of that stuff. And eventually she got trapped. She got, and that's what the devil wants to do. Because, let's go back to, we don't know what Jesus has said. We're not convinced that our faith is right. Many people are in church because it's the right thing to do. And they're not committed to being a sincere disciple of Christ. In this world, you're going to hear a whole lot of stuff. But you got to know what Jesus said. Got to know what Jesus said. I went to Atlanta. In Atlanta, in Atlanta, uh, the AU Center, five black colleges. This Pan-African church was, was, was in the area. And these black people, first time I ate a bean pie was in Atlanta. It was good. But it wasn't good enough to convert me. Because at this time, well, I, when I went to USC, I know who I believed in. You know, I've been raised in Sunday school. I wasn't leaving the church. But I, thank God for my professors at the University of South Carolina, even though it, they were not teaching faith, they were teaching religion, and they were some people that believed the word of the Lord. So by the time I got to seminary and got to Atlanta, I'm rooted in what I believe. I'm not leaving the Christian church to become Muslim or to become a part of this Pan-African movement or anything like that. Thank God for my African roots, and I want to know more about my African roots, but I know where the line comes because I know what Jesus has said. Okay. Maybe you say, well, you've been programmed. Yeah, but I've been programmed by the truth. I have been programmed to seek truth. I have been programmed to study, to search the scriptures, amen, to see if what I have been told is the truth. If I hear something, amen, I'm going to go back to the word and I'm going to search it out. If I say something, look, I said something the other day and some people asked a question about it. I went back and studied. I looked it up. I'm not going to just be wrong or believe myself right because that's what I said. Oh, you understand? I've been programmed to study. Why do you have so many Bibles? I wear some of them out. So I got to buy another one. I wish I could take my notes from down through the years from every Bible and put it somewhere. Sometimes my, my, my middle parts are coming out because I've worn them out. Because I want to know what the word of the Lord says. I want to be programmed by Christ. Does it mean that I get everything right? I don't get everything right, but I got enough to know that if I sin, amen, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If I confess my sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness, and I do not remain in sin that grace may abound. That's how I've been programmed. The Lord wants to reprogram us so that we can engage with him and what he's doing in the world because so many people have been programmed negatively and don't realize it. Don't realize it. Some of you see it in your children and your grandchildren and you don't know what to do. You submit to the power of Christ and make sure you're being programmed by the Holy Ghost. The Lord wants to reprogram you. He wants to change your way of thinking. He wants you to see yourself 
not just a king and a queen in the image of the world. He wants you to see yourself as his anointed son, his anointed daughter. Amen. That he lives in, that he will speak to and speak through. Now, I don't know how much sense this message is making to you this morning, but let me tell you something. This is just an example of how the Lord speaks. I'm talking about, my message for today was seven pages long. I got one page of notes. Now, you might say, well, you preach it like you preach preaching seven pages. But this is how the Lord wants you to be able to flow and to be able to operate. This is not just because I'm a preacher. Well, some of it is because I've been studying for 40-something years. But you, you, you can get there too. God wants to use you. God will take the little bit you know and use it if you avail yourself to him. And if you end up availing, if you allow him to keep on working in you and keep on reprogramming you, he's going to keep changing your mind. He's going to keep giving you nuggets of truth. He's going to keep anointing you. He's going to keep giving you power. He's going to keep giving you boldness. He's going to keep presenting opportunities to you. And every time you open your mouth and speak what he says, he's going to give you a little bit more boldness. He's preparing you for the next opportunity of ministry. Amen. After a while, you're saying, how in the world did I say that? How did I know that? You may not remember that you studied it, but you studied it, and in the time of need, the Holy Spirit brought it back to your remembrance. Since so you got to avail yourself. If the Holy Spirit is going to reprogram you, you have to submit to him. You have to submit to his teaching. Always remember this. It has been said, but I say. Mama said, but I say. Daddy said, but I say. The teacher said, but I say. TikTok says, but I say. Facebook said, but I say. I want to, God, I want to find out what you say. I want you to reprogram my mind and my spirit so that now my body becomes submitted to you and my total being is yielded to you so that you can use me for your glory. Do you realize that your children are dependent upon you and your reprogramming? Salvation is more than just getting saved and baptized and going to heaven. Salvation has given people hope. Salvation has given people a way out, a situation that they don't know that they are in or they can get out of. Some people realize that what they're doing is wrong, but they don't see any hope and any help. And you're supposed to have the message. You're supposed to have the good news. Amen. And God wants to use you. You can't keep silent. You can't let. I heard a lady say to us one time, she said that, that, that her granddaughter brought her friend to her house and her friends started talking about how God created her that way and she said when she said I took her to the side and when I got finished with her she left my house and never said anything about how God created her that way again and my daughter my granddaughter I never saw associated with her again now of course we gonna cringe because we said we gotta accept everything but you're talking about your seed. What are you going to do? You're going to fight for your seed? 
Are you going to fight for your seed or are you going to let the devil have his way? You say you believe Christ? You say you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, but yet you see your own children living in sin and you say nothing because the world says you got to accept people. You're going to traumatize them. The devil is molesting them. The devil is traumatizing them. They're mixed up. They're confused. It's not just homosexuality and lesbianism. It's alcoholism. It's drug addiction. It's all of the ways that the devil molests people. And we sit back and be quiet. Oh, we'll fight, but we'll fight the wrong way. And you got to fight the right way. You got to speak the truth in love. You got to know enough of the word to sit down and say, this is the way that Jesus taught. And this way is the truth and this way is the right way. This is how God created us, created mankind. Yes, we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But when we come to Christ, transformation is supposed to take place. You got to know how to fight. And then when you're finished speaking or while you're speaking, you got to be prayerful. And you got to fast and you got to pray. And you got to war for your children. Lord, help us today. We've been programmed. by the world, by Satan. We need to be reprogrammed by God, the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Lord, thank you for ministering to us today. We submit to your reprogramming your continual reprogramming because you're still working on all of us. We submit to you. For those who've heard, for those who need to stop resisting, I pray that they will yield to you because that's the starting point. Got to yield to you. Say yes to you. We must be born again, born anew so that you can start a work that you will complete until the day of the, you continue and complete until the day of redemption. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's it. I pray that you were blessed by the word today. I pray that I communicated or started communicating what the Lord wanted me to communicate uh, to you today. The power of programming. The power of programming. So if there is somebody who heard, and you may be watching online, you may be in the sanctuary and the Lord has spoken to you and said, you got to submit, you got to surrender, you got to say yes. Maybe the Lord spoke to you and, and just began, a light has come on. And in and, and, and your mind now, you begin to get a glim, glimmer, a glimpse, a glimmer of, of understanding as to why you think the way you think and you've been doing the things you've been doing. But you want to change. 
You want this. You want God to reprogram you, to start the process. Listen, it's not going to happen overnight. Salvation happens immediately. But reprogram is a process. Because you got all of these years, all that stuff that the Lord wants to take away from you. There will be some points of resistance. There will be. We've all resisted, but the program, the person that submitted to the Holy Spirit in his process, we stop resisting and we say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. Because we know that his way is the right way. Fear creeps in because when we program it starts or when we think about yielding to Christ, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But fear is just a trick of the enemy to stop you. So you got to push past that fear. So if you're not saved today and you want to give the life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity to come. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord and you're not ashamed to do it publicly, and you're in the sanctuary, I want you to come today. If you're watching online, give us the comments. Somebody's watching. And when you, when you say that you want to rededicate your life, you'll get a, and you give that information, you'll get a phone call today before the day is out. Because we want to help you in this process. The Lord loves you. Christ gave his life for you. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. There's pseudo-truths out here. There's a lot of philosophy in this world. But when you come to Christ and you submit to him, you come to the truth. Will you come? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.